Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Last week, and we're going to... You guys know that the way I teach is I like to go on long journeys, so we're actually at the beginning of a long journey that came out of the idea of that God wants us, especially at this time and what we're going through as people, he wants us, he wants you to know him. Now, there's having a knowledge about God and knowing him are two very different things. You can not be a believer and have a knowledge about what God is. It might not be right, or it might be right. But that's different than knowing God. Knowing God is an ongoing relationship, which happens when a believer receives Christ into their life, and he starts dwelling in their hearts. He makes himself known, so he wants to manifest himself to you. And uh, God has shown that throughout the ages and through different covenants. And uh, I know this, that God longs, to know you. And uh, we've got uh, two passages from Isaiah up there, Isaiah 118 and then Isaiah 55 8. But this is stunning when you think about this that God, the Creator, now you have to get your nugget wrapped around this. Okay, my son calls your brain your nugget. You got to get your nugget wrapped around this. God spoke a million, billion, trillion, whatever the number is stars into existence by the word of his mouth. It's so vast, we can't measure it. God spoke everything into being that is being. God is bigger than us, would you say? I would say yes. That same God, look at this, he says, come now and let us reason together. Have you ever think and thought about how humble that is? You, little peewee brain, dust of the earth. You know, know, I'm not putting you down. I'm just going, you know, in one place it says we're grasshoppers, you know. Um, Truth is, we're the highest order of God's creation. But the same God that made that says to us things that we can't fathom. Things that we don't understand through science. And God says, come. Come here, sit down and talk with me. Let's talk about stuff. You're going, what? He just wants to to reason with this. Even though you know you mess up a whole lot, I still want to talk to you. In Isaiah 55, he says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, nor my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is where I would have taken Isaiah 55.1 and plugged it in. After that one. And then I would have said, come now, let us reason together. I'm way beyond you. But I want to show you some things. I want to talk to you. I want to be there with you. And to me, that's a, I don't know, it's the most stunning thing that can happen. 
is that God would take the time to reveal himself, and I could, I could make this unpersonal, say us, and all that, that God would take the time to reveal himself to me. I don't know how you felt about your life. I didn't see myself as the greatest. I was on the opposite scale that where my self-image of myself wasn't really too hot, and I was pretty sure I was less than most of everybody else I knew in my measuring stick of life. So there was like doctors and lawyers, and then it just kept going down till that kid that lived by the railroad tracks in Janesville, Iowa. There's some place down on the bottom. I might not have been the bottom, but I was real close. And that God would come after me and want to reveal himself to me? I've heard people, and this isn't a put down on struggles, but, well, I had a bad father, so I don't understand the father, and I can't receive the father. I'm going, you're nuts. He's the best thing that's ever happened. (laughs) He's, what do you mean you can't receive this? Stop those wrong thoughts. And just let God rescue you. Let him, have you let God rescue you? I mean, not just on a daily basis. Some of you are going, yeah, like about every three seconds. I get that. I understand that. But sometimes in our lives, and probably the times that we have the most anxiety and the most fear, guess what you need to have happen right then? God to rescue you and say, come here, Lloyd, let's reason together. Let's talk through this. What are you really afraid of? And, oh, this is stunning to me that God would do this. So God wants to, this is what we did in these last, last lessons the last couple of weeks. He wants and longs to reveal himself to you. So this is some of the ways in which the reason he wants to reveal himself to you, he wants you to know what he's like. How can you love what you don't know? Did you find earthly love that way? Oh, I love you. I'll see you next year. No, you went to be with that person because you wanted to know what they were. Like who they were. God wants you to know what he's like. And a lot of people know what other people said about God in order to have a relationship with him. No stones. Just talking a lot of people use secondary information even cold source information from books in order to know God tell me how to know God okay I know God because you said you knew him God the longing in his heart is I want to show you who I am and I want you I long for you to be close to me So this is some of the ways that God reveals himself. Look at this. He reveals himself through creation. The very How could it not be? It says this in the Psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth speaks of who he is. All of creation. I mean, all you have to do is look at what I'm stuck on the star thing this morning. All you have to do is look at one of those photographs from the Hubble space thing and go, Who thought that up? Where did he come up with that color array? 
Any, are any of you artists you like to draw or sketch or paint? And uh, Well, I know one of them in here is. There's some others. Or you do, you know? So I like to carve in wood, and I make, I make decoys. <laughs> Duck decoys. And I, try, I long, I long that they would look so realistic. You ought to try and make wood look like feathers. And then I start looking at just the photographs of what the real deal is. And you go, what? Who is a God like that that can speak of his beauty through creation? And you put a white dot right there on its flank. Why? Because he liked it. And that's where he wanted it. God reveals himself in the written word. You can read your Bible and he's exploding with who he is and what he's like. The living word. God reveals himself through the living word. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be with that that small group of people that camped out with him on the road for three years? And Jesus says, when you see me, you see the Father. When you're looking at me, you're looking at God. That's a mic drop. It's, it's the living word that was with him. You have the same thing. You have the Holy Spirit, the living word in you. He reveals himself through dreams and visions. He can give you the sweetest dream or he can allow a not so good dream to come in. Each way he can speak to your heart. He reveals himself through other people. He does. I've heard him in the voice of a child. I've heard him in the voice of somebody who's getting ready to give up this earthly life. I've heard him speak through others. And it's phenomenal. It's usually not the ones that are saying that he's speaking through them. (laughs) Two of you caught that. That's okay. He reveals himself through history. It's his story, what he's like. What is is God like? He reveals himself, this is the greatest thing, through himself. Why do you say it that way? Because we don't understand the Trinity, and God reveals himself through the unity of his own being. God has no need of anything. He is self-sufficient, complete, Within himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He doesn't need us, he wants us. But not want in the sense of human want. I want you to like me. Would you please like me a little bit? That's not God. God wants you to like him so that you will understand him and yourself. There's no need in it for him. It's just he reveals He reveals who he is and what he's like. That actually is true maturity. We were discussing that this morning. What is true maturity? Sinning less? No, knowing God. If you know God, you'll sin less. Matter of fact, if you know God, you're... Never mind. Get in trouble again. I sort of like getting in trouble. 
when you go on this search, and we're going to go on it, because I want, I want to talk about it, how God reveals his, his, what he reveals about himself are actually called something theologically. They're called attributes. God doesn't have a character quality. God is. So when we say, oh, that person's so very kind, that's a character quality. They're a kind-hearted person. They display that and everything. God doesn't have the character of kindness. God is kindness. God doesn't have love. God is love. Because if he had love, that means he could grow cold or hot in it, just like we do. It's just a part of our character. God in his being, you have to to disassemble how you know things a little bit and go, God has this thing and we attribute it to God. But you ought to be careful about that because a lot of people attribute things to God that aren't worthy of him. And he even tells us that in his word. So what he says about himself. There's three things... And this is going to, I want you to put your thinking cap on this morning. So this isn't so much me preaching as it is teaching. But there's three things that you have to sort of put in your, huh, if I really want to know what God's like, there's three ways you got you to gotta go. These are kind of um, foundational to come to a fuller knowledge within yourself of knowing him. And the first one is this. God is not like anything else we know. As familiar as you are with God, and some of you are very familiar with it, and you even do it without letting it breed contempt. You still, you're seeing it correctly. Your highest view of God is not high enough. If it is, that's not God. God is infinite. So if it goes beyond your finite thought, doesn't, and this isn't, by the the way, this isn't uh, subject to age or anything. You can think and know God as big as anybody else. Right now, at 15, you can do that. It's not subject to anything. But God's bigger than what your thoughts are about him. God is beyond. Even what we see in his word. God is beyond his word even though his word endures forever. Why do you say that? Because if you could put God in the box of your understanding. You would have something that you can manage. And I'll tell you this. God's not manageable. And your best thought He is above that. When you go, oh God, you're so merciful to me. The real response is, you have no idea, kid. Each one of us sitting in here has been saved from 10,000 lesser evils than sitting here. And probably only knew two or three of them. That's God. That, oh my gosh. He, he, he's, how do you know that? Because he says it in his word. Um, Psalm 50. He's, he's talking about 
all the things that are listed out of what he's done. He says, these things you have done. God lays out, counters it and lays out this stuff. And he says, and I kept silent. Has God been silent over some of the stuff you did? Whoo. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you, ouch, and set them in order before your eyes. Why such a heavy rebuke from the God who loves us? Because we fall into a trap, and it's this. God became human, but you cannot humanize God. You cannot... Uh, it's called anthropomorphize. Not completely in the purest sense of what that means, because that means I say that the chair has legs. That's anthropomorphizing. We're given human qualities to an inanimate object, but we have a tendency to do that, especially in our <clears throat> misknowledge about God. We think God's like us. So we think the things that God gets angry about are the things that we get angry about. Be careful. Be very, very careful. Or because we get worn out. I've been a, I was in a prayer meeting one time years and years and years ago. And a guy gave up to give a word. And he says, and the Lord says, I know you're tired. I'm tired too. Mm-mm. No. Right away, the whole thing just went right there on the floor, in the middle of the floor, and everybody just looked at each other. A couple of the leaders were going, <clears throat> trying to keep from laughing because they didn't want to offend the person. Because the truth of the matter, word says this, he neither slumbers nor sleep. How could he get tired? He's resting from work. It's finished. All his labors are done. Jeremiah 10. Inasmuch there is none like you, O Lord, you are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. In our pursuing of the knowledge of God, there's nothing comparable to him. It's why it's so important that you get to know what he's like. To understand him. It's really, we use this, uh, oh man, this is like, this is like there's, a, there's a couple of things in the word of God that are like the, the, the last minute catch all prophecies. Do you know what I mean by that? Like it's always a word in, that works for everybody. So there's one in Isaiah 40. Uh, I'll start it and you'll go, oh, I know that one. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Right? We shall mount up with... Okay. And that's always a good one when people are worn out. And so you just pull it out and flash it. You really ought to read all of Psalm 40. Let me read it to you. I don't have it written here. Just hear it this morning. I think you'll get the idea of what God's really trying to convey. To whom then will you liken God? What is God like? Or what likeness will you compare to him? 
The workman molds an image, the goldsmith overspreads it with gold, and the silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will rot. (laughs) He seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted and scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth when he will also blow on them and they will wither. And the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number and he calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his people, not one is missing. There is no star out of place. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? And then he repeats, have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable? He gives power to the weak. Now do you see the context of that which was always given to us? And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They wait on the Lord to get the knowledge of God, who He is. It comes to the question, what are you going to compare me to? I was telling Brenda... So I have this thing, and I'm not going to throw anything on it because I love it. Today's songs are really lots of songs of intimacy. And when I was critical of them, I called them Jesus is my girlfriend songs. Because they kind of mixed up romantic love and, and, and God love. And today, this week, as I was just worshiping on my own, not that I have it all right or anything, but the idea in reading Isaiah 40, oh, God. You're way bigger than what I can sing of you. Uh, maybe Handel's Messiah was, was close enough to, hallelujah, you know, I just want to, you know, and you want to you wanna scream and sing better than you've ever screamed and sang in your life. Though I love the song of intimacy, come hold me close. I do, I do love them. And I have no stones to throw this morning, so that wasn't for the worship team to change what you're doing or anything. It's just me. That when I start going after God, would you reveal yourself to me again in a fresh new way? 
And the idea of this majestic God that is far above everything else. That's what this is saying in Isaiah. And he's, he's begging you, haven't you known? Haven't you heard? Well, what does that mean? Is that a put down? No. Come know and come here. I want to show you something that's just for you and me. Talk about intimacy. I just want to show you something about me. God, the Creator, wants you to know something intimate about Him. A lot of times it's this. Let me show you the way the Son and I relate to each other. Just ask that one and see where it takes you. How Father relates to Son and Son to Father. Whew. It takes that. It takes having that position. God isn't like anything else you can know. Then you'll see something. It requires faith to know what God is like. You can't know what God is like through learning alone. So many, you can study it. I had friends who went to seminary and had their masters. <laughs> and didn't hardly know what God was like. It was dust and ashes and old books. It wasn't it wasn't in the experience of knowing God. It was what others talked about in their experience of knowing God. Did you ever watch Shadowland? How many of you have seen Shadowland? I made some of you watch it. You really should get online and find the old movie Shadowland. Because it's about the life of C.S. Lewis. And it's about the difference between experiencing life and life is hard. Life, if you've noticed today, is a very brutal teacher. You know, the famous line in it, that he quotes that. And then he says this, but you learn, my God, you learn. It's a play on words. You learn about God. It's one thing to know God one way, and another thing to know him another. Here's what you can't do, and here's what we were taught. Well, if I just know, I'll believe. Comes a big buzzer from heaven. You have to believe to know. You don't know to believe. What? It's a paradox. You have to believe to know God. It's the only way you can know God. The only way... To be pleasing to God is what? Faith. That's, that's, in, that's in Hebrews 11. You want to know what God's like? Believe. Believe what? Believe God. Believe God about what? About God. Is it, it literally, 11.6, Hebrews 11.6 says, Those who come to God must believe that He is. 
And then you get this second thing, and we all go to earthly stuff. And then he's a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. Do you know what the reward is? Him! You get to know, it's the same thing he promised Abraham. Abraham didn't get it. Comes to, God comes to him in a vision and speaks to his heart. Get out, da, 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 da. Says, I'm going to make a great nation from you. And all the nations in the earth will be blessed through you. You know what Abraham's response is? Seeing that, what will you give me? It's another mic drop. But it's just like us. I'm going to give you me, eternal life. Oh, what will you give me then? Let me ask you a really personal question. Have you ever been stupid? Stupido, stupido, stupido. You know, it's like you hit your head again. God's going, oh, kid, that's not the way you get it. I want to bless you. You do? You know what you say to when he says he wants to bless you? Do you know what to say? Yes, Lord. Would you like to understand this? Yes, God. Would you like to know me? Yes, God. Believing that God wants to do this. How did you receive salvation? Some of you listened to the lie that said you gave your life to the Lord. That's not salvation. I've said it a hundred million times in here and I'll say it every year. Salvation is God giving his life to you, not you giving your life to God. He plants his spirit inside of you. Jesus lives in you by his spirit. You're not at war. You're not at war. It's done. Paul writes in Romans, Romans 6, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells where? In you. Isn't that stunning? Pretty enough on your own, but is that to go to the mirror and go, Oh God, you live here? Yes, all the days of your life, but eternity, not life here. When we say yes to believe by faith, it changes everything. John 8, he says, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will die in your sins. I'm not going to die in my sins. They're not held against me. Oh, it makes my heart want to sing. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. When? When I get to heaven? Now. Forever. If you think there's a war going on inside of you, you need to surrender and say yes to Jesus in faith. And just surrender. Lay it down. 
Just surrender. Say yes to it. Well, do this. I didn't get very far. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. Here comes... This great thing, and we'll have to we'll have to get into this. My fingers won't work. You know, I have these notes, and I jump all over the place, so I don't hardly I use them, and I don't. Here's why this is difficult to grasp: is this third thing? We use the things that we know to help us understand. The things that we don't. It's how mentoring works. It's how life works. It's how experience works. It's how you're told things and how they work. This is a, a, and it's a paradox. It's this strange thing because God isn't like anything, but we use what we know to understand what we can't know. So you find it throughout the word of God. And that's why he says, what will you liken me to? You just have to keep in mind he's beyond that. Look at what it says in John 1. This reveals this. This is verse 10. A lot of times we only use this at Christmas. It's so sad. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did what? Not know him. Why did he come? They didn't know him. He came to his own, and his own what? Did not receive him. I mean, if, if, you, if you do this thing, you can go, oh, what must he have thought? I would have left him and gone back to heaven. Good thing I wasn't God, huh? You'd all be crispy crittered. Oh, really? Zap you with my eyes. But look at verse 12. I always love this. Whenever there is a but in the word of God, you have to stop because that's probably going to say something really important about your life. But as many as received him... To them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's you and me. Rose, we're there. He did it. He rescued me. It's because you surrendered to him. No, 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 no. When I was his enemy, he died for me. While I was far away and didn't like him, he came after me. I don't ever have to wrestle with this again. I hear so many, I'm wrestling with God. For goodness sakes, give up. Let him pin you. What are you wrestling with God for? He wins. He's like the big dad wrestling with the four-year-old. Let him win. He's big. He'll never hurt you. He'll never cast you aside. He won't despise you. Even when you hurt him. 
this amazing? Maybe a simple prayer. Let's close with this. And we'll look at, there's more stuff to say about this. This is the stuff that gets me so, I'm sorry, almost 70, and I still get so jazzed about this. I want to throw my leg over my bike and go riding, even when it's 30 degrees. Let the steel and the wind collide. Oh my God, he wants to reveal himself to you. I pray, God, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That you would show yourself to each one of us that we might know you. And we might have an understanding, a glimpse into the greatness of who you are. Into the simplicity of who you are. So we say this morning, help me, God. My thoughts often aren't very good. They're trivial compared to what you are. But you can grab my thoughts and make me think big. Lord, like Tinkerbell from the movie Hook, I want to tell you my best thoughts are thoughts of you. And in that, you make me big. So I embrace Psalm 118 this morning. And just like David said to you, you have enlarged the path under my feet. And your gentleness has made me great. Let that be my understanding. Let that be my portion. I would be those that would be counted among those who said, I want to know. I want to hear more. I want to understand better. Oh God, make it bigger than me. If it's not bigger than me, it's worthless. Make this bigger than me. Don't let me stay small and useless. Enlarge me. Enlarge me, God. Lord, what Isaiah said, expand, expand the tent pegs. Stretch them out. Make my tent larger that many could find refuge underneath it and hear the knowledge of you. I pray that for each of our hearts this morning. Expand us, O God. Stretch us out. Give us you. And in that, we find freedom in ourselves. In Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.